and welcome to another edition of the Fern Podcast on the Radio St. Pete Network. Joining me, oh, I am your host, Michael Dogger, and joining me on this Tuesday evening is Noah Hemer. Noah, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. You know, just hit the Sally Courts for the third night in a row, so, you know, always good balling in Tallahassee on uh, in the winter mo- winter months, you know, with yeah. air quotes and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw, I was looking through my phone, and the one picture I have of Winnipeg is looking outside the window of my house, and it's a pink sky, pink skyline, snow everywhere, and I'm like, man, I miss the snow. Really do. But, you know, we, it got to like 40 degrees this past weekend in Tampa, and and then today it's right back in the 70s. So, I mean, if you were in Idaho, you wouldn't be playing basketball outside. So that's the give and take about the love with the cold and stuff like that. But we're not here to talk about our experiences within the cold weather and now in the warm weather. Even though we frequently do. Yeah, all the time. It's (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually gonna look up the Winnipeg weather just just to see what it is. But um football happened. Some really good football. Quick it is currently it's gonna be nineteen degrees as a high and the low is negative fourteen tomorrow with snow showers and twenty miles per hour winds in Winnipeg, by the way. Yeah. I'm okay missing out on this one. Um, but quick thing, sorry we didn't have a podcast mm. last week. We recorded one. Good podcast, good information across the board. And then technical difficulties took took place. We couldn't get it in. We even talked about the Senior Bowl, which went on right after we aired on Radio St. Pete. We were supposed to air. So sorry about that. We had good conversations. We had predictions for the upcoming thoughts on the games in the divisional round, predictions for the conference championship games. And we're going to just dive right into the conference championship games because for a lackluster playoffs up to this point, these two games delivered on every level. Drama, high play, just just great games. So I'll let you – where do you want to start? Which games – which game uh, – let's, let's just go in chronological order of how they happened because right. I'd I rather, I rather get me talk, having to talk about this game just over with. All right, we're going to head down to the Big Easy, New Orleans, where the Los Angeles Rams took down, quite shockingly, the Saint the uh, the new sorry, trying to get the game up, the New Orleans Saints by a score of twenty six to twenty three in overtime. Um, I'll just do a quick back, quick background because apparently the game started with a minute and twenty left in the, in the fourth quarter when it was. 20 to 20 and Nickel Roby Nickel Roby well, I got I want to make sure I get his name right. Yeah, Nickel Roby Coleman. Pretty much helmet to helmet tackled Tommy Lee uh what's his name? Tommy Lee Lewis. Yeah, well, I, let's go with Tommy Lee. Remember, you know I, is it Tommy Lee Lewis? I think so. Um the call was just so egregious that I don't I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it was, though. It was Tommy Lee Lewis. So, he just gets hit before the ball, right as the ball is there. Looked like an obvious pass interference call. The NFL even apologized for it being called. Coach Sean Payton said they cost a trip to the Super Bowl because the ref kept his flag in the pocket. Rams, are, Rams force Saints to do a field goal. Jared Goff drives down. Greg the leg, Legatron Zerline knocks down a field goal. Overtime. Saints get the ball. Start overtime. Drew Brees' pass is tipped and deflected at the line. Falls to Josh Johnson, who makes the play falling on his backside. They get a couple first. They get a first down. Greg the leg kicks his 57 yard field goal that had plenty of extra leg on it. Rams go to the Super Bowl 26 23. And Marcus Peters gets his gumbo. So. I left out the whole first three quarters, the fact that the Saints were up were up 13-0. The Rams do a fake punt. John Hecker with the beautiful pass to Sam Sh- I forgot the ghost of Sam Shields. Forgot Sam Shields even still in the NFL. But he's just a special teams player for the Rams. Um, that makes it 13-3. I have to get a field goal with that. Rams score. The girly scores in a half, make it 13-10. Saints come out, score 20-10. Rams make it 22 22- 17 with the, with a I'm, I'm trying to think who scored the touchdown. I have the box score right in front of me. Why can't I just look it up? Um, 
Tyler Higby, shout out East Lake Eagles. Shout out, I played you against in Little League football. Um, and then, quite shockingly, quick side note, did you think that Sean McVay made the right decision going for the field goal on the one-yard line instead of making it 20-20 to instead of going for the 24-20 to lead? Oh, I thought that was going to lose him the game. Okay. He's, he's actually, like, deceptively conservative when it comes to those calls. He always takes points. And I like that. Um... So yeah, that happens. It's twenty to twenty. Then I just explain what happened. The series of events, bef- right before I went to this, so, because that's how people want to talk about. It. They don't want to talk about the first three plus quarters. They want to talk about the pass interference call and after that. So Noah, as the driver of the New Orleans Saints Super Bowl bandwagon, you're shaking your head already. Super Bowl bandwagon since preseason. The Drew Brees MVP case with his beautiful twenty six for forty two forty nine six point two average and two touchdowns and a pick. Where do you want to start with this game? Man, I think we can just talk about what I'm disappointed in because we could we could talk about the call. We could talk about well, I'll get to the call. Um but when you it's it's not as if that was the final play of the game. Um it's not as if it was the final play of the drive. Um but it's just, it was disappointing to, like, I'm looking at the box score here, and it's really shocking, you know. Breeze won 26 of 40, uh, two touchdowns and a pick, sacked twice. But the most shocking, the most shocking stat, the leading receiver for the Saints was Alvin Kamara, who had 11 catches, 96 yards, uh, average 8.7 yards. Michael Thomas only had four catches for 36 yards. Um, Ten Gid actually had more yards than Michael Thomas with 58 off three catches. But thanks for reminding about Ted Ginn Jr. I forgot right before the right before the that drive. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, right? no, no. I'm continue. To, I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to summarize the game. So Saints. By the way, Gurley had four for ten. That's nuts. Rushing oh, he that was, is. He sat on the sideline for a long time. Yeah, he even admitted that. He was like, people are like, oh, is your knee? He goes, no, I just played bad. I got benched, and it's cool. So, um, right before that play, Drew Brees literally threw the worst deep ball I've ever seen him throw in my life. That ball was hanging for about 45 seconds, it seemed like. The one that Ted Ginn Jr. caught. Yeah. Marcus Joyner, I think one of the best football players I've ever seen up close in person, completely misreads it. I don't know what happened. He just completely misreads it. That would have been a standing interception if something if luck didn't happen. And then the immediate play after that, you know, the Rams have, I think, two timeouts. They have two yeah. timeouts, and they throw on first down. Incomplete pass. Rams keep a timeout in their back pocket. Run on second down. Rams timeout. Timeout. And then third down is the is the pass interference play. So just wanted to say, you know, there's some play, mismanagement. On the Sean Payton calling the plays, and they got a little luck with Lamarcus Joyner. But continuing your uh, depressed soliloquy, I think the biggest disappointment in this game for me was when they got to the overtime period. Drew Brees just looked so uneasy, so erratic, and it looked like as if the situation was getting getting to him because he he just wasn't comfortable. And on the play where he threw that that disgusting pick, like just disgusting um the most disappointing part about it is he was trying to force into like double triple coverage regardless of him getting hit while he threw it but they were on the right hash and alvin and he had camara to his right um and i don't remember exactly what the coverage was but they had the rams had an outside linebacker playing in between the one receiver on that side and the end man of the line of scrimmage. And what happened was that outside linebacker shot up immediately. And Alvin Kamara was running a wheel down the right side. And it was the only thing I was watching of the play. Cause I go, if this linebacker tries to cover Kamara, it's game over. Like that's over. Like it doesn't matter. And, um, he tried, it wouldn't have worked. Um, uh, actually, no, the linebacker crashed down and uh, Kamara was running the wheel and there was no one, not a soul 
on that side of the field. The closest person was Talib, but they were I'm pretty sure they were playing cover three, so they had three deep, and he was 25 yards, 15, 20 yards um, from Kamara. Uh, there was no one by him, and yet Drew Brees forces this disgusting throw, and I mean, we are where we are. Um, and it wasn't, that's not the only time, but like when Alvin Kamara is your leading receiver for the game, keep getting him the ball. Um, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram combined for a total of 17 rushes for 46 yards. The most disgusting part about that is that Drew Brees threw 40 times and they were up after the first quarter up 13, nothing. I'm not saying run the ball in. And uh, just two clock and, you know, play conservative and all that because it's hard to block Aaron Donald in that D-line. But at the same time, you got to try to give Sean McVay the least amount of time and the least amount of opportunities, especially when you get up 13 to start the game. But I didn't feel great about this game when I... I know it didn't. we didn't air, but last week I picked the Saints and I said I'm only picking them because I have to. But I didn't feel great about this game. Um, and it's it's just... It's disappointing because this team has a, has a lot of talent. And it, it's going to show how much they needed... They needed someone like Dez to be able to come in and spread that offense around and open it up a little bit. But they just... Teams just were uh, crashing on Michael Thomas. And then after that, there wasn't really a whole lot that was to... Not a whole lot to happen for for the Saints. It's just I Drew Brees didn't look great. That offense didn't look great after the first quarter. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I knew this game was done, or I didn't feel great about this game. Was when you get two possessions in opponent territory, probably with the, was started within the forty, and you settle for six points, field goals both times. You can't, you can't get opportunities like that, especially when Gurley just completely threw the ball, like tipped the ball right to that linebacker's hands. You can't mm-hmm. have an opportunity like that and then get the field goal. Okay, that's fine. You know, shouldn't have, shouldn't have even got those three free points. They spotted you three essentially with Gurley. Gurley did, but then you get the ball back and you drive down the field and you get all the way down there and you score and you kick another field goal. That's the issue. Is when you get up six zero. That, and your offense isn't scoring touchdowns, it's going to be a rough outing if that Rams offense cl- starts clicking at all, which they did after halftime. If you're Drew Brees and Sean Payton, you have to, <clears throat> especially at home, you have to get in the end zone on one of those two drives. That, that That's that's really what this game comes down to, is that they weren't able to put the ball in the end zone when it, when it mattered most, and that's at the beginning of the game when you're inside the 30 it's it's simple things like that. Yeah, like everyone's going to look at this call, but you could have completely taken the call out of the game if you would have just done what you had to do and not kicked field goals. They mm-hmm. kicked, they kicked. I want to say three field goals. Uh, let me let me let me let me let me double check this. Um, kicking. Yeah, yeah. Will Lutz. Will Lutz went three for three, long of thirty-seven. That's the thing. He kicked three field goals and as long as with thirty-seven yards, approximately it's about 17, 18 yards that they add. From where the ball snapped, seven, eight yards for the for the snap, and then ten yards to make it through the end zone through the uprights. Mm-hmm. Seventeen. His longest was thirty-seven. So that means the closest they they the farthest field goal where the ball was was at the twenty, and you come away, you're inside the twenty-five, and you come away with six points or nine points on those three drives, but then you have Greg the Leg, who is four for four, who. You know, four for four. You know, he kicked one more field goal. What's his long? 57 yards. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that Will Lutz can't hit it, but that shows that the Saints were driving the ball. The Saints were driving the ball. The Saints were driving the ball. But they weren't scoring touchdowns. And then when you got Greg the leg and you got this Rams offense, you can't expect to be stopping this Rams. This Rams offense is going to get theirs. We saw it in the we saw it in the first game. You're gonna, we saw it again here. They're going to get theirs. They're too balanced. Sean McVay's too good. But you had the crowd noise on your side. You had the defense on your side. You know, you had everything on your side. But... You kick a you kick thirty seven yard field goals because you can't score touchdowns and two of those field goals came within the first what ten minutes. They minutes? came, not a uh yeah just on the eight minute mark. And that's 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 my issue because it, it kind of threw me. I I remember it actually came up 
Um, I don't know if you saw any videos of it, but last, I want to say it was playoffs 2015, or would have been the 2015-2016 year when um, Seattle and the Packers were playing. And it was when the Seattle made the Super Bowl. And the Pack they were playing in Seattle, and I want to say, and the <sighs> yeah. Packers kicked, what, three field goals to start the game? They looked great, but they kicked three field goals and then lost like 18-12 or something like that. That game um, is terrible in my memory because that robbed us of Rodgers versus Brady. Oh, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. But that's, <sighs> this, this is my issue. Like, they kicked – I'm going to pull up that game right now. Um, but they kicked so many field goals, man. Like, you can't expect to kick field goals and win playoff football games. And then, look at the and, look at Chicago. I'm not, not to bring that up again, but like you can't keep kicking field goals. Like Cody Parkey was three for four on the night. The one he missed. He made, but, but he missed one, and then everyone goes, "Oh, you missed it." Mm-hmm. Everyone else can st- can step up and score some touchdowns. You know, um, I can't. I still can't believe that happened. <laughs> that it shanked twice, bounced off the double twice. doink. Yeah, all right. Okay, it was it was the 2014-2015 year. Yeah. This is how the game started for the Packers. This is the most egregious part about it. You know how I just said, you know, 17-18 yards is what they add on for uh for field goals. Mhm. With 807 left in the first quarter, and they're playing on the road in Seattle, probably Seattle, Kansas City, and New Orleans are probably the three toughest places to play. No, yeah, New England's fourth as well cuz they have lost in like fourth. 6 years there. But that's more Belichick and just being yeah, awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. and more so than like crowd people not being able to hear. Mason Crosby start the start the game, eighteen yard field goal. So you're telling me they kicked when they were at the one yard line? Okay. Five oh seven, literally three minutes exactly later. Five oh seven, they kick a nineteen yard field goal. <laughs> you kick two field goals inside of the five yard line. You don't deserve to win because, and here's the thing. I know we're talking Packers, Seattle, but this is just like the concept I'm talking about. That first drive against the, for the Packers went for, for, to get into that 18-yard field goal, to get to the one-yard line, went five plays for 18 yards. So that means they started the ball inside the 20. Next, next scoring possession, next field goal, went six plays for 22 yards. That means they started the ball started the drive at like the 25 yard line they kicked it from about the two or three they went 22 yards to get there two plus two or three plus 22 is about 24 25 they started at the 25 yard line and you have aaron Rodgers, and you kick two field goals inside the five that's the exact same thing i'm talking about with the saints that, that, that just stuff like that is what loses you games because here and the funny thing is they ended the first that packers seattle game ended the game End of the first quarter, Packers were up 13-0. <sighs> Randall Cobb scored a 13-yard touchdown uh, from Aaron Rodgers to, to go up 13-0. And they went into halftime up 16-0. You had four scoring possessions, and you have 16 points to show for it. You scored four points per drive. You're, you're begging to lose, especially against well, someone like Russell Wilson, you know, in those, in, in, in these, mm. in someone that can take over a game. What was Mason's last field goal? What was that? What was the one for sixteen? How many points is that? To make it sixteen, Yard, it was a forty sorry. yarder. It was a forty yarder. But here's the okay. thing: it went. It so that was what about the twenty three yard line? Yeah, that drive was six plays, eleven yards. So again, they started inside mm-hmm. of the forty. Mm-hmm. Plus territory for sure. You can't God. throw possessions away like that. You you just can't allow yourself to do it. It, it, it just it's it's rude and it's just asking. To lose. <laughs> it's asking to lose, man, and it's so. That that was my whole issue with it, honestly, more so than anything. That that right there is was just, and Greg the leg man, like people were talking about this call, but like people couldn't stop talking about Cody Parkey after he missed that field goal. Can we talk mm-hmm. about the two kicks that he drilled? Like that first one did not look like it was going to curve back left. Oh, the, the little hook at the end. Oh, I wish my driver, wish my, uh, my golf swing would do that a little bit, you know, look like oh it's hooking and then know, come right, right back. But I mean, that 57 hey. yarder was just, I think the best kick of the year besides Graham Gano's game winning 60 yarder. But 
the pressure, the distance, how it was literally just dead on, and McVeigh having the stones to try the 57-yarder. You know, it's it was fourth and five, fourth and six. Some people may not have taken. I don't know if the Saints take. I don't know if the Saints kicked that field goal on the other side because Lutz doesn't have that that leg. He's accurate from within fifty yards, but bef- I think he's like one of three from fifty yard field goals. So McVeigh doing that, the Saints doing all that. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the pass interference call, and we've been talking about this game for almost for over 15 minutes because there's so many other things that come in a factor. Yes, that was pass interference. Yes, the NFL should take a page out of the Canadian Football League. Shout out Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Take out a page of their playbook and um, make pass interference reviewable, which I heard is something that their committee is, their committee is willing to... The, the owners are going to take and take take that initiative and try to make it reviewable. And I'm not saying that it should be it's it but the thing is is that I'm for it, but we have to speed up these review systems in general. And now we're going to be stopping games for pass interference reviews. I'm cool with it only being in the final two in like like a referee's discretion of the of the pass interference. Like I don't, I don't want it to be reviewed by like a challengeable thing because then people are going to be challenging Every it's gonna make it worse. I would, go ahead. To go off that, I if if you're gonna make it, I would make it um the same rule as um because like the only plays that are always reviewed in the NFL, like no matter what, are turnover plays and scoring plays. Mm-hmm. So I would make I would make feel like penalties like that pass interference a coach's challenge or under two minutes. Yeah, I like the under two minutes. Personally. Coach's, coach's challenge because, is uh, tough, but under two minutes, I think you have to. Because you can't be it, missing calls. Mm-hmm. You can't be missing calls like that. Because like, as much as the Saints shot themselves in the foot, after they shot themselves in the foot and then the refs shoot them in the other foot, it's just like they're dead men trying to walk. Oh, and just uh, FYI, career-wise, Will Lutz has only attempted 15 field goals um, from 50-plus. Only three this year alone. And was he like one for three, two for three? Two for three. um, Yeah, he was two for three, but he had, for example, he had... um, 12 from within 40 to 49. He had 9 within 30 to 39, and then 5 between 20 and 29. So he had 5, 14, 14 plus 12 is 26. So at uh, 26 out of his 29 field goals for the year were within 40 yards. And I don't think you can probably say the same for Greg Zerline because that dude is always booting kicks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he was the king last year of kickers. He, I mean, he's like, not to become a fantasy guy, but like, he was a weapon. Like, he if you had Zerline on your team last year, you were killing doing it. Phenom- yeah, and he got injured earlier this year. Hey, uh, not to not to necessarily throw this back, but he is from Nebraska. Hey, not not the university, wor- the world, but he is from Nebraska. The world revolves around the Cornhusker State itself. So, thank you. Yeah, I mean. Rams. I mean, Jared Goff. This, the, the throws he made, battling back in the Superdome against Drew Brees. It's without it's, Cooper it's, Cup, his favorite receiver, with Gurley, with Gurley hampered. I mean, I was low on Goff earlier this year, but his. From from the post game interviews with him hugging Chris Myers to how his composure, this guy I yeah, Goff is awesome, Goff is awesome, and we're gonna talk about the Super Bowl after this, like the matchup itself, just for a little preview. But out of all the matchups, I think this is the most intriguing that we could have had of all the final four teams because I'll say it for later. You have any, any final thoughts? Any 
You want to put a little tombstone just, on the Saints season? All the um, like. not necessarily. I'm just kind of looking at. I'm I'm trying to see if there was anything clear and defining that made this game go one way or the other in terms of just differences in the box score. But uh, first downs were literally identical, 19 apiece. Uh, time of possession. These are just things that we uh, routinely look at. Time of possession. Essentially identical, uh, Rams 32 uh, minutes, 36 seconds. New Orleans 30 minutes, 41 seconds. Um, turnovers were the same. Penalties, Rams had more penalties. They had seven penalties for 64 yards. That's about the only thing that's uh, different. Other than that, it's essentially it's essentially head-to-head. Um, and I, I'm, I'm disappointed that the Saints um, got their hearts broken once again, but you got to figure out a way to win at home. And it's just, uh, you can't, you can't like, that was it. Like this, this season, like this is why I picked the saints. Cause this season was, um, man, our season was the, the, or this season was just tailor made for the saints, you know, um, in my mm-hmm. opinion, just because they got that number one seed, they got locked out and got that number one seed. Um, took care of business that they like they had to do, and the Super Bowl is in Atlanta. Yeah, like that's that's been- the big thing. That's the big thing for me. It's like if they're playing the Patriots, it's just, in my mind it was essentially a home game for the Saints. And the fact that that's Atlanta's worst nightmare, having your your arch rival come into your house and the team that you blew a 28-3 lead to. Which, still, I want to go back and do a watch. Of that rewatch game. of that game and just talk about it. Because that game was crazy. But, alright. I think we'll leave it the game. Shout out to the... Good job, Rams, man. That's just... Hey, kudos to the Rams, man. Impressive. I am very... But C.J. Anderson, man, what what an what an uh, acquisition mm-hmm. that's been! And honestly, shout out to Brandon Cooks for uh, for balling out on his former team, seven catches, hundred seven yards, like. And now he gets to play his other former team. And now he gets to play his other former team, which is storybook. And the New England Patriots, and I'm just gonna get, lay out these stats, a couple stats. And if I was reading this out to any listener who didn't watch the game or anything, you would think this would be a three-touchdown game. Total yards, 524 to Kansas City's 290. Time of of possession, 43 minutes and 59 seconds to 20 minutes and 53 seconds. And 36 first downs to 18 first downs. Um, And the Patriots won 37-31 in overtime. And... I feel like that says more about a lot about the Chiefs too, but you and I both picked the Chiefs, but we knew exactly what the Patriots were going to do. We literally knew they were going to run the ball with Michelle, going to find Edelman and go to Gronk when it matters, and they did that. So I mean, they won thirty-seven, thirty-one. I think this was one of my, this was my second favorite game to watch the whole season. You have the old man Brady, forty-one, taking down the young gun, um, Patrick Mahomey, the Mahomey himself, twenty-three-year-old MVP. You have can Andy Reid get over the hump finally once again? Belichick in Brady's last stand. Just so much storylines coming into this, and the Chiefs just couldn't do it. Mahomes goes two ninety-five and three touchdowns. They make a furious comeback in the second half. They score 31 points in the second half, 24 points in the fourth quarter, and you still lost to Brady. A lot of people are going to point to, I mean, this game was incredible. The Patriots should have been up three touchdowns in the first quarter. Brady threw a uh, INT in the, within the five-yard line to Gronk, forced to throw. Um, also, I couldn't believe what I saw when I saw that. Oh, yeah, Could not believe I what like, I saw. You just saw the Patriots get the ball first last week against the Chargers and set the tone for the whole game. So why would you win the to- win the toss and then put the ball in Brady's hands again? Like uh it's it's just it's just weird. I mean, why I mean, wouldn't I, you want Mahomes to take the field first anyways? Mm-hmm. I I, I think it's want. like I think it's like the crowd factor how the crowd's already completely amped up so you want to keep them screaming and yelling and engaged for the whole um 
first for the series. Whole, for the first series. But that's just it's Kansas City. Come on now. Um but they go into lead fourteen nothing. Chiefs drive down score, seven nothing, seventeen seven. And then after that all hell broke loose when, in this game. Did you happen to mention the difference in first downs? Yes. Thirty six eighteen. I just wanted to make sure because I'm looking mm-hmm. at the stats again, and dude, as that is ridiculous. They had they had double, dude, double that and double mm-hmm. time of possession. I sorry, I was doing reading other things. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Patriots actually are losing with 7:45 left in the fourth quarter because Damian Williams got two touchdown catches. Damian Williams, dude, you are a monster. Three touchdowns again, just ridiculous. Um, Sony Michelle scores with <laughs> ten plays, seventy-five yards, four minutes, thirteen seconds. Michelle ten-yard touchdown run on fourth down too. That was a fourth and one call. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh man, I completely forgot. We're talking Tony Romo for about five minutes after this too. Um, oh my god, I know. Then the Chiefs score with two minutes and three seconds left. Quick, a quick five-play, sixty-eight-yard drive that took up a minute, twenty-nine seconds. Just keeps on keeping on. The Patriots drive down. Your boy, sexy Rexy himself, scores with thirty-nine seconds left. Chiefs have, I think, one timeout, and thirty-nine seconds is nothing to Pat Mahomes. Quick thirty-one-second drive. Bucker makes thirty-nine-yard field goal. We go to OT. Play I missed on that on that um, final drive. When the Patriots took a three-point lead with 39 seconds left. Third down. Brady drops back. Throws the interception. Everyone's like... I even was like, oh man, the game's over. D Ford line up in the neutral zone infraction. Oh my god, I couldn't believe it. Did you did you see why people think he lined up in the neutral zone? I didn't see that, no. People said, and it looked like it on the film, was the left... Because he plays right end, correct? He was on the, going up against the left tackle. But he, they said that the left tackle was not lined up on the line of scrimmage. So he lined up in reference not to the ball, but in reference to where the offensive lineman was, which makes sense. That's what most most players are going to do. But it's a bonehead play because you got to make sure in that situation that you cannot be offsides. Because um, free plays for the Patriots is, ridic- is like, that's the last... That's like the last team you want to give free plays to. Especially when you haven't had a single sack all game and you haven't really pressured him at all. Like You're not getting there. Sorry, bro. Just, it was, just get, get in position, knock knock the hand down, and just mm-hmm. get your hands up. It, but the thing is, he wasn't lined up in the neutral zone infraction, in neutral zone, which is a penalty. Kudos to that ref for calling it correctly. And, I mean, there were so many reviews in this fourth quarter, but overtime happens... Patriots get the ball. Brady completes three separate third down and tens. Two to Edelman, one to Gronk on the sideline, and then your boy, Nebraska's own, Rex Burkhead, two-yard touchdown run up the middle. Game blouses New England to their third straight Super Bowl, fourth in five years, ninth of the Belichick-Brady era. So, before we get into the actual, all this of the game, we had two separate overtime games. In this, which is funny because have you heard of the Drake curse? I did hear about the Drake curse. I was telling some people at work about it today. And you saw what he wore on Sunday? I did see what he wore on Sunday. Yes. For people who don't know, whatever team Drake supports, they end up losing. Just that simple. They have bad luck. Whatever happens, just for some reason or other, they have bad luck and they lose. Kentucky basketball, Alabama football, just a couple of the latest um, examples of it. So... For this, he wore a shirt with all four, or he had a, a Photoshop, a shirt with all four teams' logos playing on it. Look, yeah. And he said, y'all are really, and he's like, it's, no one's going to win now. Well, both teams tied. I thought it was ironic that it happened. But Saints. First time in NFL history, both games went to OT. Mm-hmm. It's, God, it's crazy. So, Patriots did not let Mahomes get the ball because they didn't, because they drove down to care of business. And in recent years, we've had what was what were some of them? I think Matt Ryan a year before the Super Bowl, or yeah, he didn't get a chance to drive down. The Seahawks game you're talking about with Aaron Rodgers, 
Seahawks went down and scored a 50-yard touchdown pass. Never gave, never got a chance for Rodgers to get the ball mats on the field. So before we get into the actual game, what are your thoughts on overtime in postseason? Mm, great question. Great question. Um, I'm with most of the crowd in terms of I have an issue with the coin toss being such a deciding factor for it. Um, but at the same time, um, it used to just be sudden death. You know, first team scored. That, that, that's mm-hmm. how it used to be. And then they compromise and they go, all right, field goal, you know. And then I kind of, you know, as much as I hated not seeing Mahomes get a shot, your defense, all they have to do is force a field goal. It's all you got to do. If you can't force a field goal, do you really deserve to win the game? I don't know. Um, so I don't really hate it as much as some other people have. Um, but it definitely could be better. I, de- I think it definitely could be better. I, I'm not saying to take college football rules because um, I don't really think that would translate all that well to the NFL. I think it would just be kind of messy. Um, because college football, you get a lot more players in space because you got a lot of different types of athletes and a lot of people on different levels in college football. Um, but the NFL, everyone's for the most part on a similar playing field. And I think it would be – I just – I don't think it would be as ideal as some people would like to think. Um I don't really know what I would do. Honestly, I kind of like the rules as is, other than I'm not a huge fan of the coin toss, but I don't know what else you really do. These are the most fair over... I like these overtime rules. College football is more entertaining, but... Rock, paper, scissors. Honestly. (laughs) Each team team keeps a uh, professional rock, paper, scissors player on their 53-man roster. Um... See, I don't like the college one as much because I don't feel like you should be starting from the 25. You should be starting from like the 45 or the 50. Yeah. Here you go. At, at mid, you, yeah. One f- mid f- you, sh- go, you shouldn't yeah, go reward ahead. a team for not getting a first down where they can kick a field goal. Like, if you can't move the ball at all, then you shouldn't be able to do it. But the make the stop thing, because you look at the Rams, the Rams made a stop. Exactly. It's that simple. But it's kind of like a get, it's like a give. It was in the Super Bowl. That's when it happened with the Matt Ryan thing, because the Brady went right down and scored because they won the coin toss. So I don't know the exact formula to fix it, but you know, football is a two is a two side. It's a team sport. You can get creative. You can do an onside kick if you want to catch him off guard. You can do. You can force a turnover. Do all that stuff. But I don't think, you know, having the ball reset to that. How about this? You score a touchdown. So say, what was the drive? They scored a touchdown in four minutes and 52 seconds. This You have four minutes and 52 seconds to match. If you don't get it underneath that time, then, you, then it's done. Or if you do score within that time, you are forced to go for two in the win. I did see that as an option. Yeah, if you go for one, if you're the first team that gets the ball and you score a touchdown, yeah, you could you you have the choice to if you go for two, you win. If you go for one and kick the extra point, you give the team the other team the ball, the other team the chance to win. But so let's say let, let's just go Patriots Chiefs. Patriots go down, score a touchdown, kick the extra point, boom, that's it. Okay, Chiefs get the ball right. They go down, score a touchdown. They got to kick the. They got to go for two. What that's if the only, thing I, can, that's the only the, thing I can think of? What if? But you're not a fan of they are allowed to go for one, and then it goes into sudden death. You're not a fan of no matter what, both teams get a possession. So then the Patriots. So then the Patriots in this sense will get the ball no matter what, and they have a chance to drive down and score. And if they kick a field goal, yeah, they win. So so there's two there's two variations of this that I see. Variation one is Patriots score, get the touchdown. Chiefs score, get the touchdown, kick the extra point. Now we're in sudden death. So it's essentially what the rules are now, but not limited to just touchdowns or to just field goals. I feel like that would give the team that scored second the incentive to go for two every single time, which could be a good yeah. thing. I mean. There's but, no real fix. There is there is no, no real fix that's going to make everyone happy. It's a simple win in regulation. That's I mean, New Orleans. You thought you had the right to win. You also had the right with Drew Brees to drive down and score a game winning touchdown. 
you also had the chance, and if you're the Chiefs, to not have D4 jump off sides. To have all this. So, I mean... Yeah, you can't say as, a, as the Chiefs I, the opportunity uh, wasn't there because the opportunity was there, but you can't be making stupid mental mistakes when the opportunity presents itself. Ah, oh God. D Ford, I mean, he, that's going to eat him up for a while, I feel like. But it shouldn't because he was their best defensive player, him and Chris Jones. So it's just it's just a tough it's just a tough situation. But I enjoyed the game. That's all that matters. I feel like that's all that matters to neutral. But, I mean, and even if you look at the yardages and stuff, the fact that the game went to overtime isn't a, should be you should be okay with this as a Chiefs fan. You know, don't take think of look at this drive. They go they they they're down three points. They don't even they don't even flinch about they score too quickly. Five plays sixty eight yards. Run the ball a little bit. You know Mahomes is gonna is gonna be able to find is find people downfield. You've been running. Reed was in his bag. Was that that swing pass to Damian Williams that scored was beautiful. I don't even care if it was a pick play. That was beautiful. How Mahomes do across the field again. So there's a lot of things. You, you just run the ball. Even if you give Brady a minute and a half instead of two oh three, that gives your defense a chance. So it's just a bunch of these things. But I mean, like I said, the team stats in favor of the Patriots are ridiculous. Brady, you mentioned the total plays, correct? No, I didn't. Ninety four forty seven. That's, That's one ridiculous. Thing I didn't that and that's just that's just a testament of time of possession. Mm-hmm. That defense was on the field for literally almost a hundred plays, and the it Patriots is, were not. It is, it is crazy how that everyone knows exactly what the Patriots are going to do. Oh, it's funny we talk about ball control and running game, and that's and the team who possessed the ball more won. Patriots should have dominated this game even more, but I mean. The two things we mentioned coming into this game about the Patriots were pretty simple. Edelman over the middle, Gronk when it counts on the sidelines. Gronk, six catches, seven, nine yards, two big plays in that final drive of the fourth quarter and then overtime. Edelman, seven for 96. Julian Edelman's a first bout Hall of Famer in my eyes. I don't know how many Pro Bowls he's going to make because he isn't playing Pro Bowls because he's always in the Super Bowl. But <laughs> there is no receiver that is as open as Edelman all the time that goes across the middle. It is like so. Question I for love you: That guy. What's the question? Besides Randy Moss, because we Randy Moss just has to be left out of the conversation. Who do you think has been Tom Brady's best receiver? He's Edelman. got gotten to work. Edelman. Edelman, you think so? Edelman and Dion Branch. Yeah, that's solid. Where do you where do you have Wes Welker on that on that? I'll throw the question back your way. Who do you think's better, Welker or Edelman? Edelman, I think so too. Wes Welker, Welker was awesome, but he was just a precursor to what Edelman does. Because Edelman does it when there's literally he is the number one like with a beat up Gronk and no one else on the outside. Like, yeah, Welker had his Welker had his seasons when he had Randy Moss flanked out wide, and then in Denver with Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, and Julius Thomas. Like he was never the main guy. That you would focus your attention on, and I mean Welker dropped the touchdown pass, dropped a pass in that undefeated season. He drops, catches that third down. Patriots go in, drawing the clock out, game over. So I mean, just just the clutchness of Edelman. Edelman, I feel like is better after the catch with his ball and the ball in his hands. Time and time again, I mean, you know who's going to be the best Patriots receiver of all time though when it's all said and done. James White, Hunter Renfro. Oh, dude. I swear, if the if the Bucks sign Adam Humphreys, everything goes back to the Bucks. If we sign Adam Humphreys to a big contract, instead of just drafting Hunter Renfro in the sixth round, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose my mind. I will absolutely lose my mind if we settle for that. But I mean, honestly, it they're just they are so. You can't hate. You honestly just can't hate the Patriots. You can, but if you do, then you are hating a team that plays football perfectly. Perfectly. As are, close they, to perfectly as possible. They are a chameleon on offense and defense. 
they adapt to whatever their opponent's going to do. The whole game plan changes. It's not going to shock me one bit when Brady throws 50, 60 times in the Super Bowl against the Rams. It really doesn't. Um, but, yeah, this is this was Kansas City's year. Not to say that Kansas City isn't built for the future because they obviously are when you have Pat Mahomes, you have Kelsey under contract for a little bit, Tyreek Kill is going to get his extension after next season. You can plug and play any running back you want. You have a solid O-line. You have talent on the defense except that linebacker position, which they, they'll probably address in the draft. Bob Sutton being fired. I talked to my resident Chiefs fan who was at both playoff games this year. He's ecstatic. They can change their scheme because he's running an outdated scheme. But the Patriots... Why does anyone bet against? Why do we bet against them? We rank, I was thinking about this. We ranked AFC contenders, and we had the we had the Patriots at six or seven. Yeah, no. And it's because they're lackluster, man. They really they don't put they don't put on a show in the in the regular season. Because why would they? It is. It's just it's it's honestly crazy, and it brings up to it brings us to the question of. They're the greatest football team ever. This run they're on. Are they the greatest sports team when you take into a dynasty? You take into account how the NFL is supposed to be recycling lead, recycling league where the different teams are in the Super Bowl every year. The draft picks, the cap space, all of that stuff. Um the time and all that. Like Yes, the Celtics won 11 titles in 13 years back in the 50, the 60s and 50s and all that stuff, but they were playing against. They were not that many teams. It was in the 50s and the 60s, man. Yes. You're a boy. Nino's favorite player in 2K history is Sam Jones, a guard on those teams. Hall of Fame guard. Um, mid-range, mid-range guard. But little little history lesson for basketball people. But um, I don't know. The Bulls, the Jordan Bulls, six finals in a row – Quick quick side thing before I want to get back to this. The inexperience of Mahomes came in a factor because they were in the first half, and he took a terrible sack took him out of field goal range. And do, you know, actually, do you know actually where I think the Chiefs messed up? Um, was on that last drive to uh, get into field goal range. They had one timeout, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, he hit that – was it – did he hit Damian Williams on a, on a wheel route? Is that how they, is that how, that they, how they got into possession? I want to say think. they hit someone not on the sideline, and it was the first play to get them like into onto like the forty-five. I want to say something like that. Uh, forty-five. It could, it, go. It could be him because Sammy Watkins had four for one fourteen. Tyreek Hill had one catch for forty-two yards. Kelsey had three for twenty-three and a touchdown. And Damian had five for for sixty-six. I don't know if it was Demarcus. Rob- I think it, Demarcus Robinson. I know. I'm pretty sure I had a catch in that final drive. But either way, regardless of who caught it, they um, caught the ball. And I want to say there was probably like 20, there were probably about 30 seconds left when he caught the ball. NFL running. Sorry, to Spencer Ware. Spencer Spencer Ware. Ware. Sorry, knew it was the running back. So with that being said, if, (laughs) with that being said, they ran to the line. I mean, ran to the line. And they were probably going to spike the ball with about. 18, 17 seconds, I would say, left on the clock with one timeout left. The issue for me is like, yes, I know that you're playing, you were playing for overtime, but the thing for me is they kicked the, like, the they ran one other play after that, and it was just Mahomes dropping back, and he just threw it out of bounds just to choose some, take some clock, take some, yeah, take some clock, time off the clock. So in my mind, why don't you just go spike the ball, take a shot or two? You got the fastest receiver in the NFL. You got the best arm in the NFL. And you got a probably the best tight end in the NFL. Him and him and Zach Ertz and George Kittle. Top three best three tight ends in the in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Why would you just throw the ball out of bounds just to take some cl- time off the clock? Instead of trying to give yourself one more opportunity, I saw them run to the line. I was like, wow, this is going to be close, but I think they're going to get the spike. And then I saw that they called timeout, and I go, you can't just play for the field goal there. I, I respect the decision, and I know he I hit the field goal, went to overtime, and the Patriots, they didn't get the ball back on offense. But that's the thing. Why wouldn't you just 
you got the home crowd, you know, you got you got things on your side. Why wouldn't you just try to capitalize on the situation there when you had the Patriots defense on their heels? That I, that was that was just me. I know it was it was very time sensitive and like but I'd rather go spike that ball, get second and 10, then reevaluate. All right. Because then at that point, you could run the ball and get yourself into field goal position if you really wanted to. Or you can take a couple shots, take a try to hit an out route, try to hit an out route somewhere. Um, and then if you can hit an out route, get 10, 12 yards, you could probably take a shot with about nine, eight seconds left to go to the end zone. And then if you could do that, um, you could take a shot like that and go to the end zone then you're risking maybe only having two, three seconds left on the clock. But I don't know. I, that's what I would, that's what I would have liked to have seen from Andy Reed because that's to me, that's coaching to win because you had to, you have to think you, you don't want to take the Patriots in overtime. If there's any team you don't want to take in overtime, it's the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like why would you want Tom mm-hmm. Brady to be able to come out on the field again when he's already had the ball for over 45 minutes or whatever it yeah. was, you know? He that took a shot. Just, he, he took a shot. He just threw it out of the end zone. I think it was like a throwaway to play for overtime. No, but that's I what mean, I'm saying. Yeah, he took yeah. a shot, but he just threw it away. Just to t- In my mind, it was just to take t- uh, time off the clock. And that's another thing you brought up about Kelsey. Kudos to them for shut for Belichick for shutting. Kelsey and Hill were not held under 100 yards combined for the whole season, and they held him to 60. Let me do my math. Sorry, I had to pull it up real quick. 42 plus 23 equals 65. Held him to 65 yards, four catches, eight targets. That is just, that's what you, you you draw it up hoping it happens that well. And the Patriots time and time again, it happens. So, I mean, it's just, it's just, but just a quick circle back. I mean, this is the best dynasty of our lifetime easily. You and I, 20, 25, and soon to be 21 year old. So, I should say soon to be 26-year-old. Science turn 26 before you turn 21. But I like to keep my age ripe and young as possible. Um, but, I mean, yeah, this it's it's unbelievable. I'm at the point where I don't even hate Alabama. I don't hate New England. I don't hate Golden State. You would just appreciate greatness. Because That's what the, you should and, do. And I'm right there with you because teams look back. Like, people look back on, like, for example, I talk to a lot of people that um, – that talked to uh, I talked to a lot of people here that mentioned the big three in Miami and there's some people that are like oh I hated LeBron when he was there I hated him here I like Miami was the worst I hated them and I was part of that you know I, I as a I think I was in middle school at this time like I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of LeBron going to like that was lame to me but in the grand scheme of things especially looking back on it why instead of hating on something that's so great why can't we just appreciate what it's offering and what it's giving to us because we don't see things like this all the time and all dynasties have to come to an end. You know, we saw the heat, Mm -hmm. saw the heat come to an end. Golden State's eventually going to come to an end. Alabama showing it's weak. I'm not saying that they're done by any means, but Alabama shows that they're vulnerable. Patriots have shown that they're vulnerable. So, and everyone, there has to, everyone has to have a villain. There has to be a villain. And the Patriots have been the villain for the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, Instead of hating on the villain, because every other team's going to be hating on them, I'm just appreciating the quality football and product that they're putting on the field week in and week out. Because it's it's not like uh, it's not like Kyle Shanahan's offense where he's going to just keep running that outside zone. You know, you keep doing this and that. You know, going to keep it you know somewhat similar throughout. Patriots will run whatever scheme at whatever time and do whatever their players do best because they're just trying to win football games. That's all that they care about is just winning football games. They don't care about this. They don't care about that. Like they don't, they don't care about the other logistical things. They were one of the only teams that brought Tebow in and Tebow honestly would probably still be on that roster if he would have played tight end. Mm -hmm. Or fullback. I I mean, there's a fullback right there. They're still, they still use a fullback. That's what I'm saying. Like either way, I think, either way, I think uh, Tebow would be on that roster if he if he still if he wouldn't have mm-hmm. just been so prideful and not played one and played something else. Yeah, he's uh, he's loving his baseball life right now, but it's 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 awesome. I can't even. It's you brought up a great point. The Heat. I'm not gonna lie. I hated the Heat. I hated the Heat, but that's because I was surrounded by Heat fans, which shouldn't be an excuse. But you know. 
just hearing all those fans chirp, chirp, chirp every single day. I actually won a massive bet because I bet like three separate people $100 a piece that they wouldn't win the championship in the first season. So shout out to you, JJ Berea and Dirk. Love you guys for winning me some money. But I mean, yeah, looking back at those highlights now, Wade, LeBron, and Bosh, that's so that's awesome. That is just and, – and I remember them because I was rooting against them in every NBA Finals except for the, the OKC one. And and even when they lost to this to that Spurs the second time in the second in their final go up there, that was the Spurs just playing basketball at its highest level. And you'll never be you'll never see better passing, cutting, and shooting on a basketball court ever until we saw the the Golden State Warriors are doing. So I mean, just appreciate the dynasties. Yes, we're fans, and our fandom gets in the way. But come on, like we're not going to see this level of sustained dominance ever again in the NFL, let alone sports. So, Yeah, to kind of circle back to your question about what I think is the greatest, I really do think that this is the greatest. Oh, yeah. um, just in terms of longevity, um, you've had the same two guys, head coach and quarterback there. The, those have been the two staples, and everything else has just been a revolving door uh, for the most part, especially running back, receiver. Um, I mean, one of the – I don't know which – I think De- is it Devin McCourty and um, – What's his name? Um, Chung. Chung is also one that's been a staple there for him. Mm-hmm. But you haven't seen anything like you haven't seen anything. We have. I in my mind. I don't think. I don't think many people have seen much of what the Patriots are doing on a consistent basis. Um, mm-hmm. It's impressive because they'll do. Like I said, they'll do whatever it takes to win, and they're not really. Uh, they're not. They're not uh, too prideful to try something else when it's not working unlike a lot of coach unlike pete carroll and the Mm -hmm. seahawks who probably would have given the rams and or the saints whoever they would have been playing or could have been playing later in the playoffs a run for their money for sure yeah but it's go ahead go ahead no you got it i was just gonna say in the league of parody there's it's just it's just the patriots i mean they have faced this will be they faced eight different Super Bowl opponents. No, seven. Giants twice and they and now this is their second time against the Rams. But the transition, even some of that almost brought them down last year that Seth Wasserman story on ESPN about how um the pay, the egos are starting to get in the way, the trading away of Jimmy G and all that. That's just, I mean, keeping egos in balance that is just I mean, every, everything about this, just just come in, do your work, and, and do, be the best you. Don't complain, and we will win. Like, I will lead you. Like, we'll never see a better head coach player duo in any sports. I think of Tim Duncan and Popovich because that's a long staple in the NBA forever. Amen. Amen. That's so, Honestly, that's what I would compare it to, Spurs and Duncan mm-hmm. with Tom Brady and Belichick. Yep, Spurs five Maybe, championships. Not, not, but even – but I mean – even what the Patriots are doing doesn't even compare. And Brady and Belichick, I mean, like it compares, but it doesn't compare to what this, what Duncan and Pop did. Because, like I said, what the Patriots are doing, and I was saying that Brady was washed up. I said they were done. Yeah, I've been. I'm, they're done. They're done. They're done. But I learned my lesson when when uh when playoffs roll around, it's it's go time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm taking Patriots every time now. So they prove me wrong. <laughs> I'm taking Patriots every time till they prove mm-hmm. me wrong. Yep. So it's gonna be fun. Um, but yeah, we just have a minute to kill. We have a minute to kill before we get to the second hour. But I mean, yeah, it's just everything about. It. I mean, think about my favorite dynasty when I was seven years old was the Kobe Shaq Lakers, and egos got in the way. If Shaq actually wanted to play basketball more and stay in shape, and Kobe could got along. They probably would have won seven, eight titles. Easy. Easy. Easily. But egos get in the way. Kobe wants his team. Kyrie. I'm not saying they would have beat the Warriors, but Kyrie doesn't leave. Maybe that thing's still humming in Cleveland. But there's just a lot of things keeping egos in check. But when you have someone as selfless as Brady and someone who just want, literally just wants to win and coach football games and watch lacrosse tape in Bill Belichick. You're going to be fine. So, yeah. With that being said, we are going to be back with hour two of the Firm Podcast on the Radio St. P. Network. We're going to preview 
give our initial thoughts on the Super Bowl, and we're going to go through and look at our favorite, because this is like our season, this is like a quick NFL season finale show. We're going to go look at our favorite, um, our favorite moments of the season, games, plays, players, things that we're remembered from the season, right after these messages and station identification. <laughs> 